Welcome to this podcast by Life Origami. So we're here. We made it. We're a little bit late. We apologize. We thought we'd try to get something out every week. We're doing our best, but here we are. So we're talking about knowing when to pivot into a new direction. That's what the topic is. But Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that that sounds like the $64,000 question. <laughs> the million, you remember that game show? No. Yeah, it was called the $64,000 question. So you started off with easy questions, and they got harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And uh, the top prize was $64,000. Cool so, so you went from, like, I think, uh, I don't know what it was. A thousand dollars to two thousand to five thousand to ten thousand. It kept going up, and the questions got harder and harder. Hmm. And uh, so, for sixty-four, the sixty-four thousand dollar question is. It was usually an obscure, is that really difficult. TV? TV. That was TV. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Back in the day of television. Yeah. In its heyday, <laughs> of game hmm. show bill. There was a long period there where I didn't watch tv so i probably missed most of the game shows yeah yeah but like knowing when to pivot in a new direction that is it's a struggle i've wrestled that bear a few times in my life but yeah i think uh for me um i kind of knew deep down when it was time to make changes but uh, I let things go too long because I was afraid of making change. So you would, you you intuitively knew. Yeah, I knew deep down. And you looked at it, but then you'd back away? Yeah, because there's too many unknowns, too many fears, too many, um, you know, stepping out of the status quo. Right. So... One of the things we wanted to have kind of an easy back and forth conversation about was something that uh, we're talking about called the comfort zone bias. That when we when we're forced to deal with change, we feel resistance, and when we feel that resistance, we tend to fall back to our to our comfort zone because we perceive that the cost or the risk or the fear of the unknown that's related to the change that needs to be made feels too big. Or we don't feel equipped. We don't feel like we have the skills to be able to pull it off. And when that happens, Hmm. because our human nature it's absolutely essential for our to feel confident and comfortable in our what I call comfortable in our own skin to stay true to ourselves. And the challenge is if we always stay true true to what's known, we'll never learn. Because I'm gonna stay with what I know, but in the the pandemic and everything's ha- happened. It's continuous 
gong show of unknowns. Mm-hmm. When you talk about that, I think about the example of uh, relationships mm. as, uh, you know, being in a relationship where you know it's not working. Sure. And there's lots of deal breakers. <laughs> and you get to the point where, you know, you've been already deep down looking at the pros and cons of staying or, or going. Right. And you keep bumping against that comfort zone um, wall. Yeah. You know, kind of rebounding. It's like, well, it's too bad to stay, right? Okay. But then you look at a little bit over the wall and you say, hmm, that looks pretty uncomfortable. That looks pretty good. Oh, okay. Looks pretty uncomfortable. I think I'll just stay. Yeah. And then you, you add something to your list of why it's too good to leave. You know, and you keep bumping back and forth between too bad to stay. How's it go? Too bad too. to um, stay, too good to leave. You know, you keep bumping back and forth because there's this this uncomfortable zone and it's hard to step into the unknown, into the fear. And what you said about self-efficacy, you know, your ability to have your own back. Yeah. And know that you can do this and have the confidence that no matter what challenge comes your way while you're pursuing stepping into the unknown, if you have that that um, confidence in yourself, then you can do it. But, um, you know, fear, we have a lot of fear. Yeah. And that's got a lot to do with, you know, things that have happened to us in our past, our past experiences and... A little bit of our creativity in, in the present and our imagination and what could go wrong. And we just kind of project it into, into the future. Um, so that's kind of how my, I would define fear. Okay. But we're talking about the comfort zone bias um, when we're feeling that resistance. Right. So um, we, resistance and tension is uncomfortable. Right. Right. And so when we feel that tension, we tend to fall back into that comfort zone um, because, like you said, there's a perceived cost. So in a relationship, you know, um, I've seen it time and time again where people say uh, we just can't afford to get a divorce. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, financial reasons. Can't afford to leave. I can't afford to leave my job. You know, I can't afford to start a business. Can't take care of the kids on my own, and yeah, it looks too. It looks too complex. Yeah. So you put up with all the deal, but deal breakers. Right. But one of the things I want to talk about. The only way that I've been able to intentionally force myself past that is to shift my belief that tension and resistance is bad mm-hmm. and but to adopt that it's this tension and this resistance I'm feeling is actually my friend mm-hmm. that it's it's like a beacon an early warning system saying sit up and take notice you need to cross over out of where you where you're at to get to where you to where you think you want to go i was thinking about when i opened my business um in 2007 
um, my motto back then was to step beyond the fear. You know, there's that line there, and I know it's beyond my comfort zone, and I have a lot of fear on the other side of it. So I would just say, okay, I'm just stepping into it and see what happens. Right. And I did that uh, quite a few times, and everything went well. I opened my business and, you know. So you, you, so you, you forced yourself. To step beyond my comfort zones. Right. And I, I knew that, um, I knew I was pretty smart. I had the backing and support of a lot of people. And the confidence in them that, uh, you know, that they would be there to, beside me um, as I was opening that business and developing it. You know, I had a business coach. I had right. um, other business people in the community that uh, I networked with. And um, some people out of New York that I was working along with. Um, yeah, so... I, I just stepped beyond the fears and you know that was pretty you, you literally stepped into the dragon's lair literally <laughs> went to the dragon's lair yeah I mean like but that's so you know the purpose of this the title of this podcast is knowing when to pivot in a new direction mm-hmm. and uh, the point is is if you're, if you're determined to stay in your comfort zone you, you'll never pivot because all the negative beliefs you have, the worries, anxieties, unknowns, will force you back from the edge yeah. of your comfort zone. And people think it's it's better to stay safe, right? Right. Stay safe um, and comfortable. Um, but compared to what, though? See, it's compared to the known, right? Right. But... Like the reason, there has to be a reason why we want to pivot. If we're comfortable and safe and it's working for us yeah. and we're getting what we want, then yeah, stay with that. But if you want to make some progress and you want momentum in your life and you're not getting what you need in order to feel um, like your life is meaningful, if, if you're not feeling, if you're f- not feeling joyful and um, you're feeling, you know, having a net negative experience in life and you want to change that mm-hmm. then you have to look beyond your comfort zone and say i you know i've had enough of this it's a good point so that's a perfect segue into what we want to talk about next and mm-hmm. that nothing changes you don't change you don't take another step forward until you've reached your enough mm-hmm. what we call the enough threshold where there's there's no doubt in your mind that there's no turning back and and that something has to change and you may not even know at that moment how you're going to make the change but you just know it has to change right there's some sort of an awareness that happens and once that awareness yeah. is there it's you realize I can't go back right and maybe some it might be an event um, that is like a uh, catalyst right um, an awakening mm-hmm. something dawns on you a thought yeah um, and just all of a sudden there's this light bulb goes off right or it's like a switch 
or not off on <laughs> the switch goes on i'm in the dark here yeah <laughs> but yeah like you switch literally a, a switch is flipped yeah and you know that it doesn't have to be a monumentous no. um, event. It's just at some point, there's something that clicks. There's a mental, say, there's yeah. mental switch, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I've had enough. I'm going to try something yeah. different. There's got to be something. You might not have the answers, but you just say, there's got to be something more. Right. And what's next, right? And it could be that, you know, it, that that occurs when the feedback from what we're doing shows us it's not like you said it's not working mm -hmm. I'm not getting what I want well but then there's another dilemma so the next point is is that okay well, now, now what so when that's do you amethyst do you think that when that switch gets flipped that we see ourselves differently that we or we see something we want that's more important than maintaining our comfort zone. What do you think, I think that the is? The moment that that switch is, you know, flipped or turned mm -hmm. on, whatever, um, the moment that happens, it's like we get in touch with our potential. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, um, we realize that we have a potential and there's like this glimpse of something better, um, you know, being on the other side. Um, there's kind of a like I've mentioned before an awareness it's like driving at night you're driving at night without any lights mm -hmm. and it's an overcast night so it's really dark and then suddenly you turn the lights on it's like literally you, you flip the switch and then you can see your view changes right yeah so the, there's a different view there's a different perspective you see yourself differently you see your surroundings and your situation your circumstances have changed mm -hmm. and so then all right so we've stepped beyond our comfort zone we have the awareness and there's something out there where we begin to flirt with an idea that there's something better something more that there's something within us that we're that, that is crying to get out it's like that we're something that we want to experience but we haven't up to this point it could be a matter of self-expression you know right. maybe we're feeling we're not um, creatively self-expressed enough maybe we're not we're feeling like an imposter in our life and that we perhaps want to be more who we true truly authentically are and we want that to whatever's inside to be part of our exterior environment you know we want something that we can um, channel our energy into that right. is representative of who we are so it's about a self-expression kind of thing right so it's something that it could be something that we've uh, kept down stuffed down not mm -hmm. allowed ourselves to do think or even be Mm -hmm. But then we say, okay, no, I'm, I'm going to embrace that. I'm going to explore that. I'm going to mm -hmm. become that. And so but I think we just, at one point we just get fed up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
I don't, you know, for instance, uh, um, relationships, like say mm -hmm. friendships uh, with uh, maybe family member relationships. Um, we may be used to kind of coasting within a relationship. Um, you know, it's always been this way. The kids maybe talk to you in a certain way or maybe your relative or your neighbor or whatever, and we just put up with it. But right. at some point, we feel that net negative charge just continues to to um, grow. Yeah. Till you get to the point where you feel like you're going to implode, and you just say, "I don't like how they're talking to me. This is toxic. I'm tired of it. I've tried everything there is to to deal with this. I've spoke to them about it. We've tried to work it out. It's not working." I got to do something else. This is not working. Because if you keep doing what right. it is you're doing, you're always going to get the same. Right. So, so you reach an enough threshold with the habit of being in relationship with people or, mm -hmm. the, or the habit of going to the same workplace yeah. or the habit of shopping yeah. at the same grocery store mm -hmm. or the habit of we don't we don't we haven't been we don't shop anymore we do it all online or we phone the local grocery store and they put together our order and we do curbside pickup I mean, there's all these yeah habits is to our habits. like habits are like um being can be being stuck in a rut right yeah at some point we become aware that we are stuck right. or maybe that we're taking ourselves out of the game all the time Right, so where we're able to see our behavior, mm -hmm. a correlation between our behavior and what we're not experiencing. So maybe we got a glimpse of how life, how we're responsible for our, and accountable to ourselves. Right. And that our experience um, in life is a, as a result of the choices and decisions that we make for ourselves. You know, we can't control what other people do, but we can choose how and decide how we're going to respond to that right which you like to refer to as um, bringing an end to the tyranny of should I shouldn't I should mm -hmm. I shouldn't I pro con pro 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 con 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 it goes on forever you know you don't need more than one deal breaker right. that's one thing is if you've got something happening in your life and it just it's it's not enough. It's um, something that is getting in your way of your joy, something that is yeah. holding you back from momentum um, towards, you know, experiencing a life of significance and meaning. Yeah. If it's holding you back, I mean, we, we really get a glimpse of this sometimes when we get older. Um, we mm. hit that, that middle age, age, you know. It's like, oh, I'm 40, oh, I'm 45, oh, I'm 50. And then you look back and you see how your life has been and you're like, I am not doing what it is I thought I was going to do with my life, right? And then there's this, this um, right. there's got to be something better. You know, I, I, right. I, it's like there's this catalyst. Yeah, there is something better. There's a catalyst that we want to change. Or we retreat back into the comfort zone and we wallow. Yeah. We wallow in, well, you know, it, I can't do that. I don't know. You know, I'm too old to start pandemic, over. Pandemic this, pandemic that. You know, I mean, we, we end up 
creating, wasting all this time. Yeah, wallow, either, we either wallow or we're moving, either wallow or in the pan pandemic, I found myself wallowing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I don't want to live this way. Let's talk about the pandemic then and comfort zones. Because um, we were using the, the uh, analogy of uh, relationships. But, you know, the pandemic, we've, uh, it's almost been a year. Not quite. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, a year. It is a year it, since the yeah. first case, I think, was discovered in British Columbia, where, in Canada, where we live. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a year. And uh, a year of uncomfortable change. Yeah. On a daily basis. And uh, everybody's out of their comfort zone for sure. And it's like, we, you know, it just, it's happening. We have no control over this. I mean, we, we have control in the sense that we can wear masks, we can wash our hands. But what I'm saying is that the pandemic is here yeah. and all we can do is respond and make the decisions that we need to in order to stay safe. But what happens is, like you said, we, we, we can end up wallowing and um, being resentful of the change that has occurred and how yeah. it's getting in the way of our dreams. You know, we wanted to do this this summer. We wanted to travel. We got these tickets and now we can't use them more. We want to be able to go to the restaurant and um, I got a business, you know, I got a business and I got right. to keep it going. So yeah. there's all this uncomfortable change and there's fear um, well, it's, well it's, it's called what it is, absolute chaos. It is, yeah. I mean, like you, you go through the day and you think you got things dealt with, and then just as I went to sleep, I got a notification from somebody I trust within the Sylvan Lake area about how these people from southern Alberta that were rebelling against, to have restaurants, were rebelling against uh, the mm -hmm. lockdowns that the mm -hmm. government has put in place to protect everybody. They're traveling around Alberta, supporting other business owners mm -hmm. to break to break quarantine and to open their business, despite the fact that they're all to and to and to guide these business owners to move into having people dine in when it's absolutely against the health measures. And I got this notification, and it, it, it's screenshots of conversations. Of the, there was this particular restaurant in, close to us here that I thought it'd be nice to go to someday when the pandemic's out. But now I don't want to go there because, you know, just over in the strip mall over here, that bar, that sports bar, is, it's, uh, they're actively flaunting the rules and having dine-in uh, patrons. And they're, they're, they're showing a picture, a selfie, with these other business owners who have been flaunting the rules, openly defiant. It's like it scrambled my brain. I, I, it's like I was angry last night. But there's always a consequence or repercussion for being obstinate <laughs> and stepping beyond the rules, I guess you wouldn't call them rules, the restrictions right well, now with pandemic. Well, they are, yeah, they are, they're, they're law. But stepping beyond them, um, being um, uh, complacent and wallowing, um, 
Well, this is outright rebellion. The behavior is going to end up hurting them, right? There's going to be people getting sick, but also they're going to get fines. So yep. at some point, it's going to hit them. There's going to be an awareness that their behavior, you know, the feedback based on their behavior is a net negative and that, you know, they need to do something different because they got a wow. business they want to continue to run, right? Um, they want to, they don't want to go bankrupt. Um, there's, there's, And all those are, yeah, absolutely. Those are reasonable things, except we, we're living in an unreasonable time unreasonable time yeah there are no it's really hard there's no moral and ethical high ground for breaking the law or for intentionally exposing people to the coronavirus that i that 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 i see and it's way outside you know when people are doing stuff like that in in our community just blocks from us here mm. you know I, I i'm very angry i'm very frustrated and now i will probably never go into that place because they don't have my values okay so you're talking about ethics absolutely yeah a absolutely i mean in the pandemic all of the no societal norms and safety and security that we have taken for granted mm -hmm. I think they've all been dismantled I mean challenged at the minimum some of them are just aren't working and there's reasons for this everybody is different they all have different opinions there's misinformation out there um, there's yeah. a lot of fear there's people without the answers as to what to do, you know, to save their, their business. I mean, I've been down that road where I had to close my business. Right. And um, as a result of the times and the circumstances. Um, yeah, I, I don't see, you know, for, a, I mean, right now, um, restaurants aren't allowed any dine-in patrons, takeout only. Mm-hmm. Um, Retail businesses are only allowed 15% capacity. Well, on February 8th, they might they might be going up to 25%. But there's no business. I can't believe there's any business that can be profitable at 25% of its capacity. I mean, if you just think back to, you know, your overhead. If if we if we had to make do on 25% of our revenue. Well, the overhead costs and just is yeah. this enormous when you're leasing. Right. A property <clears throat> so and, so uh, you know you've got the you have to keep your employees and you have the costs of um, just you know keeping the lights on and paying for um, all the overhead costs right and 25% just is doesn't cut it correct so I'm what I'm trying to get to saying get around to <laughs> come on Greg, yeah, get around to saying what you want to say your point <laughs> the business models are broken the business models, the revenue models, the profit, I guarantee you, the profit model for every single business is broken. If it hasn't, if you haven't rejiggered your overhead, rejiggered uh, your, rev your, your, uh, your, your selling prices, uh, recalculated mm. and, and, yeah. and looked at the fact that what your new volumes are gonna be, if you haven't done that, you're living in la la land.
it, there's no bloody way you will succeed. You can't because a business only is sustainable if it has money left over at the end of each month. It's called profit. <clears throat> but and profit only exists if you manage well. I think part of this managing <clears throat> part is when it comes to quitting um, a certain uh, uh, path. Like, for instance, okay, the, the restaurants are closed, the in, in dining is closed. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of businesses, they pivot. They went to curbside right. pickup. They went to um, drive-through. They went to, they changed everything um, yep. so that they could still continue um, to, I guess you call it a contingency plan, right? Plan B. Right, plan um, B, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people didn't have a contingency plan before Correct. the pandemic. They may have had one for another scenario, yeah. but who would have thought this was going to happen, right? right? So we're talking about quitting at some point. It's not that we want to give up our dream. We just want to quit the tyranny. We want that to end. And... Um, Right. What's necessary is we need to stop indulging ourselves in that tyranny, tyranny because the anger and endless frustration is going to get in our way in, uh, in front of our clarity so that we can yeah. decide what we need to do. What do we need to do in order to bring those profits up at the end of the month? You know, What do we need to cut? What do we need to enhance? What do we need to change? And how do I get my staff on board? How yeah. do I get my customers on board with me um, and do the marketing to let them know what the changes are I mean it's a phenomenal um, uh, quest it, it's an incredibly complex three-dimensional puzzle it's it absolutely is. bizarre but here's the thing one of the things I was you know as I was listening to you mm -hmm. one of the things I thought that came to mind for me was um, the thing that drives me nuts right now during the pandemic when politicians or you know other people say sure. well you know when we're all vaccinated things will go back to normal mm. that's what is absolute normal? pipe dream it's not enough this world will not be the same when they say they want to go back to normal what they want to do is go back to their comfort zone what was right. known what was felt safe um, but they don't realize that this change may be, it could be a, a change for the good. It, it's just something different. It may lead you down a different path, but you don't have to give up on your dream. Right. You just quit the path and adjust your direction because there's many paths to get to where you want to go. That's a good point. So in the scenario that I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. Where we're waiting for things to get back to normal. Yeah, <clears throat> that's absolute tyranny. It, you know, it it could be a few years because, you know, you just you just do the math of giving in Canada, thirty four million people, or you know, let's say that ninety percent of the people were agreed to be vaccinated. You're having to vaccinate thirty million people twice. Well, the sheer magnitude of it. I also believe that the way we don't have the vaccine coming in in time to make that second dose, right. we might even need a third booster. But don't, yep. you know, that's just my 
my concern. I'm not right. one well, of these scientists. Well, the truth is was that we don't know. But the, the thing, the point I'm bringing up is that, you know, well, I just want, you know, we want to get things back to normal. So what do the politicians do? They cave and enlighten up on some restrictions. Yeah. And, you know, I, I heard something really astounding in the last, when our premier spoke this week uh, at the end, on Friday yesterday said that for every thousand positive cases, 45 end up in the hospital. 12 die. It's the first time our government has ever been that specific. Because they purposely held back on that. So if you just think about that. So if you're a restaurant, let's take, take that sports bar. They have a, if they have a thousand people in there, it's you know and so our positive so the positivity rate of all the people right now is five percent if that a, 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 a thousand people in in their restaurant that month that be. month 50 people are probably positive for coronavirus and then those 50 people if they uh infect 50 people we now have 100 infected people then then those 50 people get enough in fact another 50 people it just grows exponentially and so pretty soon choosing to open your business you're saying it's okay for 12 people to die and i just it's morally repugnant to me and it's literally that's that's the the nature of the decisions that we're having to make in our lives well the politicians and things they have to look at the numbers in the hospital and right. there's these thresholds, right? Absolutely. And they look at them and say, okay, we believe that it's safe now for us to open up. Yeah. Step one, step two kind of thing. And they're right. looking at it, they're evaluating it, and they're looking at the science, right? They're not well, listening to that 25% of the people who are scared and, you know, are on their posts constantly complaining about the government. Yeah. Um, they're looking at the population as a, a whole and what people are willing to um how they're willing to work with how, how much uh, how much are they willing to comply yeah yeah I, I get that but i i always believe that worrying doesn't hold any magic right um <clears throat> what uh intention and attention that like what we our intentions are right. we can place our attention on those intentions or which could be our dreams um, when we put our attention on that that leads to action and that's what holds the magic so we have to know what the dream is and how we need to pivot what path we need to get to where and, we need to put our attention and I think that's a very prescient point we need to dream again and that, I have to be honest, I struggled this year to dream again. Sometimes, you There's know, a part of me that just quit. Well, we just got, wanted to stay in our comfort zone, retreat, stay safe. Into our safe, comfort house, comfortable in our house, comfortable safe house, house Don't yeah. leave the house, just yeah. do curbside, all that kind of thing. Not go to the stores as uh. frequent as we used to. Um, that's kind of what we did, but and at some point, though... I realized, you know, this has been a whole year, and we could have another year ahead of us like this. Do so I now wanna, what are we going to do? Do I want to stay here in the house all the time painting, or 
do I want to maybe look at some of the things that I wanted to do and was right. holding back right because I'm at home um, we're working from home right yeah but when we're not working we're bored right <laughs> or we're keeping ourselves busy with art or or whatever but you can only do that so long correct right? correct so then I I started thinking well what were some of the things that before I never had time to do because I was so busy running around like a chicken without a head right always mm -hmm. got somewhere to go good point Yep. And so then I thought, well, you know, I've been wanting to take a course, right. um, bring back my Spanish, right. you know, bring back up my French, um, maybe teach English so um, right. to Spanish people or French people, and I would have the language to be able to go back and forth. And so I decided to take a course, an ESL course, right. and I'm doing that. And then after, I'm going to take get my Spanish course going again because it's been a long time since I spoke it. Yeah, I need to practice. And I just thought there's got to be something else for me, and this is going to, um, I guess it's just going to divert my attention for a while. Was it? Uh, you're, but you're moving out of your comfort zone. Oh sure, yeah, taking a course and, yeah. and you had to lean to into the resistance. And... Lean into the resistance. Uh, since you started the course, you haven't been painting, so you kind of swat switched. Which I'm okay with. Yeah. Um, like, this is part of my, it's not like I'm just doing it to pass time. This is all part of things that were in my bucket list, right? Right. So, but that's, so that's the thing I wanted to bring forward for our listeners as we wind up the podcast is what are the things that you haven't given yourself permission to dream about again? What, what is a dream or an idea or a project or something that was fun? that you've never given yourself permission to do, hmm. that you've never allowed yourself to even consider because of, who knows, what, maybe even valid reasons, yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, but what if, what if you actually did embrace that dream? What if you, what if you said, okay, I'm gonna, because in order to, I think there's a real funny thing that goes on when people, when people, I talk to people about dreams. People talk about dreaming. They have dreams. It's very different to have dreams than it is to live your dreams. Mm -hmm. There's a whole big, gigantic, monstrous risk. Yeah. And, and talk about getting outside of your comfort zone. But I think that maybe there's really an opportunity in the pandemic for all of us to truly to take Amethyst's example of what was on her bucket list, what were things that she always wanted to do, but either didn't have the time or what, whatever, had lots of reasons <laughs> to not do it. And how do we become unreasonable? How do we talk ourselves out of our very seemingly valid bullshit reasons? One thing I'd like to say about to the um, entrepreneurs who mm -hmm. have businesses that are failing, might end up bankrupt and they lose everything. Yeah, I've been there, lost my life savings, yeah, went do. bankrupt, lost my store, everything. That was mm -hmm. in two thousand and eight when the financial crisis hit, and I lost everything and went through the divorce that I went through. Yeah, um, uh, many uh, things happened in conjunction with that. But anyway. Um, been there 
still had the dream to be an entrepreneur, started another business, right. did that for a while, yeah. had some health changes as a, a result of right. H1N1, right. pivot again, yeah. and this is my third business right. now, right? I'm still an entrepreneur. I'm still experiencing the same kind of joy that I wanted to experience. Yes, I don't have my store, but a person, we're very resilient. We have no idea how resilient yeah. we are until we go through it. And yeah. it's pos there is life after loss. Mm. Absolutely. But I think that's the... Um, I mean, there's a life beyond the pandemic. Yes. We don't know what it's going to look like. No. We don't know when it's going to be. All we can do right now is try to live. Um, I hate that cliche, make lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. I prefer to say make orange juice. <laughs> do something different. Pivot. Do yeah. something on your bucket list. Um, and... Try to find peace within yourself, even amongst all the chaos. Right. Because you see, I've, so I can relate to what you're saying because I've had to re adjust to a bunch of different realities over the course of my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And for me, it began at 16. And since the age of 16, I, I did a little bit of personal inventory here a few months back. Mm -hmm. I've made 21 major, uh, I've made uh, 21 major pivots over the course of my of the last 49 years of my life that's 21 significant course corrections and this pandemic is number 22. Mm -hmm. now it it ranks right up there with one of the most challenging obscure bizarre <laughs> difficult times that i've ever seen in my lifetime mm -hmm. but the one thing i can say as i the value of taking the time to look back at that and actually doing a bit of an inventory is that every time I made a pivot, every time there was a major change or a major economic disruption or whatever, or life change or uh, family dying or whatever, there was opportunity within it. There is opportunity in this pandemic for you, regardless of your situations. I guarantee it. The only question is, can we step out of the habitual thinking that's going on between our ears and force ourselves out of our comfort zone, the bias, the stay within our comfort zone, step beyond that to begin to dream again. What I heard you say was that <clears throat> essentially you learned from those 21 defining moments, right? Everyone. You learned from... Um, each time that you could get yourself out of it and that you were able to pivot. Yeah. And that gave you confidence when the next challenge came up because you yep. knew you could do it. You knew that you'd been through these types of challenges before. Some were worse than others. Yeah. That's how life is. Um, but you still managed to get through. So it's like you were this student, student of your life. And as long as you're able to... Um, step beyond your comfort zone then you can continue to be a student and work your way through the different challenges it's very interesting this whole i want to come back around you're absolutely right 
And I want to come back around and, and tie up what you're saying. Yeah. Talking about the comfort zone bias again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go back to a conversation I had with a friend of mine in Edmonton, probably around 2007, 2008. And I was pivoting again because the financial crisis had hit. Yeah. All my savings were locked up mm-hmm. in a moratorium. They were locked. They were locked out of reach because of the, uh, of the uh, they had to protect the fund, so my investments were out of reach for twenty one months, okay, and uh, and I was pivoting again. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said something very interesting. He said, "What are you doing? You're changing again." And he saw that the actions that I was taking as a negative. And I said, well, what option do I have? Do I throw my hands up and give up? Or do I try to make some orange juice? Do something different, right? Do something different because (laughs) massive change just had occurred in my life. And he said, I just don't get you. You know, and then followed up with this backhanded compliment. Well, I don't know how you take that risk all the time. And that's him inside his comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And me, the risk was to not act, (laughs) to not take action, to not, you know, wake up, Greg, like, get the frig going. (laughs) You know, you get, you know, in the Shawshank Redemption, it said, well, you know, get busy living or get busy dying. It's, it's absolutely true. When I went and made my decision to leave science and the laboratories and I decided to become an entrepreneur in the (laughs) entertainment business, all my labby colleagues thought I was crazy after eight eight to ten years. I lost count. In the education system, learning about science, they thought I was crazy that at this point when I'm, you know, I would just change go you know direction yeah but i hit this this um realization that i wasn't doing what i wanted to do with my life i hit Uh. that 40 year old that 40 year mark and i'm like why am i doing science i did it because um for my parents right but i'm not enjoying it at all i mean it's interesting so that was that was your switch but it was a diversion from life, you yeah. know, the life that I wanted to be. Yeah. I wanted to self-express myself. And, um, you know, I was tired of being the dragon lady in the lab where I was <laughs> snapping the whip. You know, your log books have to be perfect. And, you know, everything has got to be, um, you know, reproducible, blah, blah, blah. Um, I wanted to come out of, uh, um, and just have more fun in life. Yeah. And that was my switch. Um I went to Disneyland with my my family, and I didn't want to go back to the lab when I came and back. That, that's where it all can kind of can, the whole thing congealed because yep. that there was that awareness, that switch. Yeah, you, you you reached your enough point. And they thought I was crazy. Yeah, I went to New York. Yeah, I opened my business, brought it back to Edmonton. Yeah, and uh, went back to visit them later on, and they couldn't believe the change in me. They couldn't believe yeah. how successful I had become as a result of just stepping out of my comfort zone. And they were no longer the devil's advocates. Right. They were like, 
wow, I wish I could do something like that. I'd like to get out of the lab too. Right. So here's the thing. I think where we need to close, where, what we could close, I'll get your thoughts on this, mm-hmm. is when you're, we're on this trip through life, it's like we're on a road trip. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I was just reading this morning that uh, the uh, California, the number one highway, a uh, coastal highway, uh, just south of Big Sur, California, has been washed out. Oh, really? And so uh, uh, you can get to Big Sur, California from the north, but not from the south. Instead of 51 miles, you got a 200-mile detour oh to go gosh. inland to get there. So it's basically closed. The whole road is completely washed out, huh. uh, one section of it. But if you're, so, you know, the pandemic has washed out our roads. <laughs> Yeah, I right. Guess so yeah, you know the pandemic has totally washed out the roads, the path that we thought we were going to be on. We we need to make some course corrections, and the truth is, we probably need to make some permanent course corrections. And the the permanent course correction, I want people, I want to leave you with. If you're at this forty nine minute mark and you're still listening to us. Give yourself permission to quit the tyranny, to quit beating yourself up, to quit waiting for things to get back to normal and step out of your comfort zone, to step into creating something that you have control over that's going to make a change in the quality of your life or how you feel about yourself Hmm. quitting is absolutely an appropriate response in life at different times it's absolute absolutely appropriate so go ahead and quit when you go ahead and quit even if you don't know how you're going to do it or what you're going to do. But if you really feel it and it's like a bucket list and it's like something that would make a, a difference in the quality of your life by getting rid of the net negative and allow you to give you the time and energy instead of worrying about the pandemic, thinking about all uh, waiting for things to get back to normal, create a new normal. So you're saying quit the tyranny, the anger, all the endless frustration, the weighing out the good and the bad, just get out of the walling, wallowing uh, comfort zone and make some progress in your life. Just get into momentum yeah. and change your path. Uh, right. Maybe even quit your line of um, uh, focus yeah. and reinvent yourself. And, and declare that at that point, you've crossed the finish line mm-hmm. and you're stepping up to a new start line. Oh, okay, so it's not like you're quitting, quitting, and um, and just gonna just become a, well, a turtle in your apartment. But you're 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 the pivoting. You're pivoting, yeah, and you're, you're stepping. You're, you're saying I've learned something. Yeah. I've had enough. I've learned something. I'm tired of waiting. I'm gonna create something, and I'm gonna go. Fo- you're just turning your back on what used to be, and what's comfortable, and turning towards what it is that sets your heart on fire, that captures your imagination 
And that just, what, what if, here's a question for you to ponder. What if this idea that you've been sitting on or that's just beyond you making a decision to quit, what if this could be your finest, one of your finest moments in your lifetime? Don't you deserve that? Are you, and who else can show up for that if you don't? Nobody can show up. But you know what? I think what you were saying, Amethyst, is the moment they realized you were more committed than they thought. And they were more committed. And, and the fact that they couldn't see themselves doing it, they couldn't see you doing it. Once they saw you doing it, then they were willing to be there, be your cheerleader. Yeah, I remember when I went to visit them in the lab and we were sitting down talking and uh, one of their meetings came up that they were all supposed to go to yeah. and they all canceled their meetings. <laughs> they all canceled and said, oh, this is, we'd rather sit here and listen to this and, you know, <laughs> to your adventure and this is more interesting and I'd wow. like to do something like this with my life one day and, and they yeah. didn't go to their boring meeting. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you might, you know, dear listener, you might be holding the keys to living your own dream and by living your own dream, giving, showing people an example of what it is to live your dream and giving them the courage to quit and to pivot. Because pivoting is about letting go of what's not working and turning around and facing and outside the comfort zone, doing something that's very uncomfortable but you're you're convinced you have to do something. Mm -hmm. It's it, it, it's it's not failure. It's just learning. It's saying I've had enough. This isn't working. I'm tired of waiting for the government to get things back to normal. I'm tired of waiting for my favorite restaurant to open up. I'm going to learn how to cook. I'm going to learn how to cook Spanish food. I'm going to learn how to cook seafood i'm going to learn how to open a business or i'm going to learn how to be a public speaker there's any number of hundreds of things that you could do only thing is you have to show up for you it's time for you to show up for you and in light of um waiting for us to things to get back to normal and waiting for, for you know, it, it all to be our, our um, freedoms to come back to us and everything. Yeah. I'm just saying, don't wait for somebody to bring you flowers. <laughs> Go out and plant your own garden. You heard it. There it is. Well, it's been, thank you for listening. Gosh, it's 54 minutes. Oh. Um, really appreciate uh you listening to us and we're really curious what your dreams are we'd love to hear about your pivot we'd love to hear about your insights and your takeaways from this you can reach us at lifeorigami.com at lifeorigami on twitter we have a phone number 403-307-8281 happy to take a call a phone call if we're not coaching happy to take your call and happy to chat and visit and there is, I guarantee you, there is far more opportunity within you than you realize. 
and until you turn your back on what was to be able to give your full attention to what might be and that's really the secret give yourself permission to quit doing what's not working and to step into the risk of doing of experimenting and trying something new something fresh at a minimum it's going to be fun mm-hmm. uh, at at the opportunity is you might just change your life and some people you love and care about cool please let us know if you're listening any if you just say i listened that's great we'd love to hear from you <laughs> take care bye bye